0: Well, we'll be reading here, first of all, out of Psalms chapter 9. For the foreseeable future, we'll be concentrating on seeking God, prayer, hoping to cultivate and encourage prayer amongst us, a revival of prayer, a reformation of our prayer life, Amen, and I believe that is possible, and I believe that the Holy Ghost wants us, amen, to hear what He is saying and to respond accordingly. But reading here out of Psalms chapter 9, verses 9 through 10, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know Thy name will put their trust in Thee, for Thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Oh, praise God. What a promise that is. No matter what the situation is, there's always hope if we'll set our heart to seek God. Somebody say amen. Now turn over to the gospel of Luke chapter 18. We're going to read the parable of the unjust judge found there in the first eight verses, Luke 18. beginning in verse 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Shall he find faith on the earth? Amen. I wonder this morning, as the Holy Ghost examines you and I, I wonder if he finds faith here at Consuming Fire Fellowship. Father, we do love you, Lord God. We do need you. We need your word. We need that word in due season. And, Father, I do pray that you would speak to us, Lord, according to your mind, that you would anoint, Father God, me to speak as your oracle's And, Lord God, that the faith, Lord, of this church, our faith, would be strengthened, Lord, that we would be drawn unto you, Lord, to seek your face. We do need revival, Father. We acknowledge that, Father. We're believing for your spirit to move amongst us, to expose all sin, to humble all flesh, and to lift up and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we give you praise for it. Amen. Everyone say hallelujah and amen. As we read here, the Lord Jesus declared that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, these words were spoken by Jesus, obviously, with the intent of inspiring persistence in prayer. Amen. That we would always guard our heart. Because prayer is not just merely and exercise, amen, but prayer is a reflection of our heart so that we would always guard a prayerful heart or cultivate a keen spiritual hunger that consistently seeks God, amen, a a pursuit after God. And when we lose that hunger, amen, that's the source of prayerlessness. When we no longer have a heart that is after the Lord Jesus Christ. But this persistence in prayer, such prayer has changed generations. Such prayer has toppled kingdoms. Revivals have been wrought. The enemy has been spoiled by men who always prayed and refused to faint. Men of rugged spiritual character, unshakable faith, and dogmatic persistence. Amen. But it's a sad thing when you talk about the generation of today, even amongst the most conservative or spiritual, such men are a rarity. In their place has sprung up the Laodicean of which the, the predominant spiritual tone is one of vacillating frailty and wavering passivity. You know, as I've often said, you go into the average church and the pastor says, see this one over here. Amen. They come to Every church service, they come to all the prayer meetings, they're involved, they've found a ministry, they're a faithful tither, and they're living holy, and such a one is seen as a real super spirit, amen, an exception. That's just real Christianity. I said, that's just real Christianity, amen. But in this hour, people come, they come here to this church, you have an early morning prayer meeting, just an hour, five days a week, and not really even an hour if you count us, you know, reading, amen. And uh, people think, well, that's, you know, an amazing thing, and look, I don't want to disesteem what God told us to do, but that's just, that ought to be a springboard, amen, That ought to be a discipline that is established in your life, a foundation you can build off of, amen, and seek God further than just that. Someone say amen. Unfortunately, in this effeminate age, we tend to avoid conflict, evade confrontation, and tend to settle into the path of least resistance. Such an attitude is inconsistent with the faith that's taught in the Bible, which in times of conflict will rise up, will diligently seek God until the answer is secured. Sadly, we tend to believe we're forsaken when there's a delayed answer to our prayers. We get to Discouraged, We fold up the tent. Amen. We'll proclaim to others, I tried to pray, but I never heard any answer from God. Amen. It reveals a very shallow spirituality. Amen. And a feeble faith that rejects the clear word of God and the teaching, amen, of the Bible. Uh, the men of old, amen, that we read about in the scriptures, even in church history, they knew better. Amen. They, like the psalmist, We're confident declaring for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. You know, if you believe that, you're going to be an individual of prayer. If you truly believe that God has not forsaken those who seek him, then you will seek him. If you don't seek him, amen, then you believe that he forsakes or he lies or he says or acts contrary to his word. Now, if we're to overcome and to see revival, afresh wrought in our midst such a spirit this spirit of prevailing prayer this spirit that refuses to be denied it must be evident among us amen in prayer thus the necessity of persistence in prayer it cannot be overstated amen let us not be though, naive in this endeavor if we're going to stir one another up, if we're going to believe God, if we're going to press in if we're going to say collectively that we're going to pray until we receive an answer to set the heart to pray whether on the individual level, amen, at the marital level, in the family or in the church, amen, to set the heart to pray and to pray persistently is to invite the most intense spiritual conflicts. Nothing so stirs and arouses the opposition of Satan amen or or uh, uh, angers the enemy as building or reestablishing the altar of heartfelt and prevailing prayer. Amen. Yes, prayer is our duty. Prayer is our call. And in reality it is our only hope. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that consuming fire fellowship has Come, amen, to this place that we're at a fork, if you will, amen. There's a decision to be made in over 20 years of pastoring, amen. As I look back and think, uh, you know, as I'm always, as I should, uh, trying to examine the state, the collective state of the church, amen. And and we've always, sometimes very slowly, amen, been inching forward, amen. In most cases, Uh, sometimes we've, you know, plateaued. We might be standing still, but recently, amen, I have sensed that there is a regression, amen, there is somewhat of a taking step back, amen, there is conviction that's being lost, only just, amen, at the beginnings of that, but we should be alarmed, and we need to pray through, and listen to me, men, leaders of the home. You need to take charge of your household. And you need to be a man of prayer. Listen to me, and if you're not, then you're failing your family and you're failing this church. We need men who can pray. And we need to come together as men of war in the spirit. Amen. Individuals that are truly spiritual and don't just... Talk and run our mouth. Amen. But we pray because anything else you do, you can go out there, you can confront sinners, you can run your mouth, you can fellowship one with another. But real spirituality is gauge right here. And let's quit playing church and let's be real leaders or shut up. Amen. Listen to me. If you don't pray, the best thing you can do is just shut your mouth because you're dangerous. And we need to come to the reality of that. We need to see that we need to press in. And this is what the Holy Ghost is calling us to do. Amen. We're going to talk about the attributes of persistent prayer here this morning. First, persistent prayer is motivated by faith. Amen. Jesus said, nevertheless, When the son of man cometh, shall he find faith in the earth or on the earth? And so the parable here was posed by the Lord Jesus Christ and he sums this up to ask the question, amen, will they be, will there be those, amen, who will be praying and constantly and faithfully and consistently praying when I return? Thus Jesus clearly indicates that persistent prayer, amen, illustrates by continuous petitioning of this widow was inspired by faith. Amen. Where there's no persistent prayer, there's no faith. That's what Jesus is teaching. Amen. And so we can apply that to our lives. We can apply it to our families. And we can apply it, amen, to this church. If there is not a faithful seeking of God by consistent, amen, intimate fellowship, communion, and prayer with God, amen, then we deceive ourselves to say or claim that we believe anything. Amen. Because Christians are those who exhibit faith. Christians are those who believe. And nothing so indicates that a man has faith like prayer. Amen. Where there's no faith, there'll be no prayer. Amen. Where there's no prayer, there's no faith. Where there's little prayer, there is only little faith. This is an absolute. Amen. Isn't it true that the first real token of faith in your life and in mine was a prayer of of repentance, amen, I can I can trace my Christianity, amen, back to the beginning where that initial moment of conviction under the word of God, the gospel was revealed to us amen, and we de- uh, demonstrated faith by praying, amen, by reaching out and praying the prayer amen, of repentance this revealed that we have faith people hear the gospel all the time amen, they reject it, how do you know, they rejected, they refused to draw nigh to God and talk to Him about what, amen, He told them. Listen to me, anyone who believes the Word, it's going to respond and overflow with a heart that's going to seek God. Thus, prayer. Amen, the real, listen to me, real prayer, uh, consistent fellowship, consistent fellowship, persistent fellowship, persistent communion is the one infallible mark and test of being a Christian or someone who walks by faith. Indeed, Christian people are prayerful. The worldly minded are prayerless. That's an absolute. Christians call on God worldlings ignore him, amen? But even the Christian, and I would concede this, and I believe the Bible teaches it as well, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. But that desire was there, amen? so there's that cultivation that uh, every real Christian should be concerned with, the cultivation of persistent prayer. Henry Allen said this, the power of intercession is a slow growth. A man's praying power is not an arbitrary thing. It is the result of long spiritual process. If a man finds himself an ineffective intercessor with God, a prince having power with God to prevail, it is only because he has grown to great spiritual wisdom unselfishness, and, and grace. The praying power of a man is no mere accident of his mood, no mere impulse of his necessity. It is the slow growth of spiritual character, the gradual development of a faith that has grown exceedingly, the confidence with a long familiarity with God creates, the fervent sympathy and desire of a chastened unselfishness, the ripened spirituality and tenderness of a carefully cultured heart. You cannot be worldly, selfish, and lukewarm today, living feebly and unspiritually, caring little for others, realizing but little of vivid, joyous communion with God, and tomorrow becomes suddenly a man of fervent, large-hearted, mighty prayer. Spiritual life, like other life, has its laws of growth and power. Spiritual weakness does not suddenly develop into strength. Self-seeking is not magically transformed into self-forgetful intercession. A prayer such as this is perhaps the very highest achievement, the supremest grace, the most perfect fruit of the spiritual life. Altogether impossible, therefore, to a man whose spiritual life is feeble. Amen. There is a growth. There is a progression. I will concede that. But it only comes to those who are carefully and consistently cultivating their prayer life. In other words, it's not gonna be by accident. Amen. Not just one day. Amen. You live unspiritually, living years. Amen. Ashamed of your prayer life. And one day say, well now, I'm, uh, you know, pray. You're going to have to pray to learn to pray. You're going to have to be challenged. You see, some of you never have prayed. Amen. Through. And the reason you haven't prayed through, cause you got a lot of bad ideas about prayer. But you, if you just, you know, hunker down and hold to your stupid ideas, that you're not going to get set free. You're going to have to let the Holy Ghost deal with you. You're going to have to stir yourself. You're going to have to set aside what you feel, what it looks like. And you're going to have to walk in the Holy Ghost and consistently do so. And God will reward you as you diligently seek Him with Himself. That's what He'll do. But He won't any other way. There's no other way to have a revelation of God, even other than seeking Him diligently with all of the heart. It's true prayer must be habitual, but much more than a habit. Indeed, it is a duty, yet one which rises far above and goes beyond the ordinary implications of the term. Prayer has everything to do with molding the soul into the image of God. There can be very little sanctification, amen, done in the heart of someone who isn't really seeking God. For prayer alone reflects the believer's individual spiritual hunger for God's person. It's an accurate reflection of the sheer spiritual determination present in that heart whereby God is practically known understood and enjoy in other words if there's no prayer in that life then there's no real determination to know God Amen. because you set your heart to seek God the devil is going to oppose you and so what happens with most people even the first bit of difficulty they just fall right back into the carnal habits of life and just reject really pressing through There's no determination in that soul then. We cannot claim a desire to know God or to love a God that we refuse to diligently seek. We can't say we love a God that we rarely talk to or have a desire to hold a conversation with. Thus, those who truly love God and those who truly desire God, they always learn to pray through. No exception. In other words, because see, that's their heart. It's just out of debt. It's out. It just. The, it's the natural outflow. In other words, they demonstrate by their unwavering prayer life what Christianity implies. We believe Jesus is the only answer. Hey Amen. If I believe that, I'm not going to forsake the answer. hey If I believe that, hey Amen. I'm not going to forsake the answer. I'm going to be pursuing the answer. To persistently pray is that rare spiritual ability, amen, to hold on, to press in to wait in the face of divine silence and demonic oppression, amen, or the lack of feelings, amen, no visible fruit that this is doing any good, I don't feel God, I can't sense God, all these types of things that war typically against people, you've got to nail every bit of that to the cross, amen, whether you hear God answer or don't answer right now, you must be convinced he will answer. Amen. No matter what the enemy is saying, those nonstop accusations of the devil. Amen. You've got to set that aside. Amen. What God said in his word is the truth. Amen. And I refuse to question it no matter my own experience. When you get to the place where you you know whether I feel anything or don't feel anything, whether I recognize something or don't recognize something, whether I receive an answer or perceived answer or none whatsoever, I'm going to seek God anyway. That's when God will speak to you because you're going to be tested. As the psalmist said, 56 in 3, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. Amen. You see, listen to me. Prayer, of course, amen, is going to be a literal action, but it's also the posture of heart, amen. And once you pray or you set your heart to seek God, whatever it may be, this is is the thing. I can go through this church. I can speak to you individually. I can say, what's the mountain in your life right now? What's the thing that you're challenged with, amen, to live a Christian life, to overcome, to fulfill your ministry, etc.? And so forth. Everyone has those challenges in their life. Amen. The number one weapon is prayer. That's the number one weapon. And if you're not praying, you're not believing. Amen. But once you pray, Amen. You should pray about those things. And then you're in a posture of heart, listening, waiting for God to intervene. Not being refusing to be discouraged, amen if you lose, if you pray through to peace amen, and then you know you're troubled again, you go back to prayer, you go back you put it before God continually and persistently to exhibit, amen, restful patience and an unshakable confidence while maintaining an overwhelming burden, amen, this is to pray persistently Psalms 27, 13 and 14, I had fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. That's a promise. If we believe that, if we truly have faith, then we're going to be inspired to pray. Amen. Such praying, persistence, persistent praying, amen, is standing. It is believing. It's not a performance but a position of of the soul. Amen. For you to take those, that cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know what a burden is? Every one of you have a burden. Those things that are troubling, those things that occupy the mind, those things that you're tempted to worry about, those are the things you should be talking to God about above your devotions. Amen. And the thing about it is, you know a few years ago I faced something it was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever faced and if I told you what it was, you'd think that didn't seem worse than losing a child or many other things but it was it was a very difficult time none of you knew about it. I had to pass through church, keep my mind on things even hear from God preach etc and so forth even my family knew, but nobody else knew amen and I can tell you I had to pray Amen. I had to pray. It was consuming my mind. The worry. Amen. And so uh, and we would go to the early morning prayer meeting and I would pray about it. Amen. There wasn't, it wasn't very sophisticated. I needed God to move in a certain way. Amen. There were a lot of things to say. Amen. I said a lot of the things over and over. Amen. But I kept praying. I would pray in the morning. I would keep praying until I had peace. Amen. But throughout the Day, Amen. There'd be time I'd go to work, these boys can testify. I'd say, Y'all cut the yard. I'm walking down the street, all through the neighborhood, Amen. lifted up, crying out to God until I could pray through to a peace. I didn't call you and tell you about it. I didn't call somebody else. You see, most people they get burdened about something. They want to get on the phone and talk to somebody else. You need to talk to Jesus about it. Go out at night and pray, I'd have peace. I'd be up later than everybody. Come in. Everybody's asleep. Get in bed, wake up in the middle of the night. Amen hey, dreaming about it. It almost tormented. Amen, hey, I'm going to pray again. I'm just keep praying until I had peace. You see, listen to me. Prayer is a weapon in the Spirit. Amen. And you've got problems in your life. You've got, you got an, a, a lost husband. You've you got children that are disobedient. Amen. You, you've got situations, whatever they may be, there are promises in the Word of God that address that. And instead of sitting around all day and worrying and meditating and scheming, because you know what that reveals? and everyone really has a burden when you hear people say I don't have a burden you must not have any trouble in your life you must not be going through anything and if you're not going through anything then you need to get right with God in the first place you got a burden and you bring it to your God if you sit around and meditate it all day you're praying you know who you're praying to? self that's right when you've got issues in your life, you've got problems, you've got something that's pressing on you, and you sit around and just meditate on it, but you don't pray through till you leave it at that altar with Him. Amen. And go back again and again and again. Amen. You're revealing who your God is. I can tell you God was faithful in that situation. And he intervened supernaturally for me and met the need. And I can tell you this, friend. I don't care what you face. If you'll believe the will of God, if you'll want the will of God, He's not going to give you something outside, amen, of his will. But I don't care what the situation is. If you will pray and believe his word, take the Bible out, amen, find the promises of God that address that and you pray through, amen, and persistently hold to God, then God is going to me. He is going to intervene. Amen. He may not do what you think he ought to do, but he is going to answer consistent with his word. The wrestling quality of persistent prayer does not spring from fleshly energy, amen, but faith, genuine faith in the heart. If we really believe that God can, and if we really believe that God will, amen, then it's going to inspire us to seek His face. Persistent prayer, secondly, is specific. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of my adversary. Persistent prayer is never just general, but always particular in its request. Among other things, faith is to utterly trust in the revealed character of God, to believe him, to take him at his word, to possess an unshakable confidence. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, then my need will be met and my prayer will be answered. As it says in Philippians four and six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Every challenge of life should be brought, amen, before God. Thus, rest assured, faith will always ask, and always ask specifically, amen. Remember, no man ever got anything from God by praying in general. We must pray specifically, amen, if we're to expect answer we have to pray specifically. When we say specifically, we mean, amen, that situation, that need, amen, in the context of the revealed will of God, which is His Word. In other words, whatever I face the situation I face, there were promises. There were different things that I could have prayed for, but I had to pray the will of God. Somebody say amen. I had to pray what the Bible said. Amen. The way God wants to meet. Amen, this need. Someone says, I'm not getting along with my wife. I'll just divorce her. You can't pray about that. Amen. Because that's contrary. Amen to the will of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is the confidence John wrote in his first epistle that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. doesn't matter whether it's healing. doesn't matter whether it's holiness, deliverance, etc., so forth. You know, if I'm sick, what does the Bible tell me? And not just to pray, what else? Well, that's right. That's what the Bible says. And you'll see people battle with sickness, and they won't even go over here for prayer. It's just disobeying the Bible. It's unbelief. I mean, they need to pray too. I'm not saying just, you know, let the elders, uh, pray. Amen. But you call, that's your responsibility to call for them. Pray for me. I need healing in my body. Amen. Then yes, go out and pray. Amen. About it as well. But, but you see these see the Bible addresses all of this. Amen. Sanctification, holiness, deliverance. Amen. If there's a besetting sin, amen, that's warring against me that I, I can't seem to, you know, consistently live above that's something i need to pray through on you know, there's all kind of promises in the bible and you know i'm saying this because again when you counsel people a lot of times i'll ask them how many times this brother brother Britt, this thing just keeps coming up this i keep falling in this area what promises out of the bible were you concentrating on well and they just think because they come here and hear preaching or go on the street. I don't, like you've got to be on that. When we say passive, do you understand? That's what we're talking. That's passivity in the spirit. Like the thing is satanic, a temptation. It's a spiritual attack. You've got to go on the aggressive. Hey, you've got to take the sword of the spirit. That thing wants to make you fall in this area. You've got to take the Bible up. You've got to take the sword of the spirit. You've got to throw, you've got to take the Bible by faith and act upon it. Do you understand? But this is where people, they're just passive and the devil's coming in and just walking all over them, killing and stealing. You've got to believe the scriptures and you've got to put the scriptures into practice. You've got to take those promises, pray to God, believe, stand and use the word of God. Persistent prayer clings to the promise. Avenge me of mine adversary. That's what she asked the judge. But where else would the widow go with a plea for justice but to the judge? See, this is the lesson for us and it's obvious. As this widow went before the judge for the execution of the law, so likewise we're to stand before God with his word to see that the covenant is established. Amen. And listen to me, learn to pray the word of God. I don't know what to say. Amen. Right here, there's lots to say, plenty to say. Right there, you you first find out you're, you're you're facing. Amen. You define that mountain. Amen. By that Bible, and you pray that. And I'm not suggesting that's the only reason we pray. Amen. And I we have another message. We're going to deal with what the reward of prayer is, and the reward of real genuine prayer is I am after Him. But for the glory of God, amen, you've got to be a real Christian. You've got to pray over things. Amen, you don't call a doctor if someone breaks into your house. Amen, that's a medical problem. You call the police because it's a legal issue. So see this widow... Had apparently been wronged and therefore knowing the code of law, she petitioned the judge for intervention. Jesus, listen to me, he's not using this, amen, so that we can pray to him for revenge against people. Amen, do you understand that's not the lesson? Amen, the lesson is this woman had a legal claim, and so she could bring a petition before the court with earnestness, confidence, and boldness because it was a legal matter. Amen, and so listen to me, every problem we face is theological in nature, spiritual in nature, and the answer is Christ, and Christ is the Word. The promises of God are yea and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. So where else are we going to go but to the word giver, the law giver? We're going to appeal to God the Father according to his word. Notice she didn't just offer a sterile, lifeless prayer to the judge but one inspired by a zeal for justice. She went into the courtroom knowing she had been legally wronged so she had a place to be there. It wasn't going to be a foolish petition. Amen. No one's going to wonder why is this woman here in the court appealing to the judge? She's bringing a legal matter. Amen. And so there was passion. There was a zeal for justice. And listen to me. Faith is passionate for for the glory of God and the fulfilling of God's word in one's life. Amen. My testimony. Amen. You know, lots of people stumble. The devil comes. All you pray about is yourself. And we should be praying for others and praying for people to get born again and praying for our needs outside of our own. But I've got to be a real Christian. Amen. That's a primary need. And it's a need that's not so much selfish. Amen. Because I'm doing this for the Lord Jesus Christ. If I don't pray through in my own spiritual life and gain strength, then I'm not going to be able to help anyone. And I'm certainly not going to glorify God. So, you know, we our prayer lives need to be inspired by kingdom-centered motives. But that includes our own testimony. You're not going to have a testimony if you're not praying about your own life. You understand? You're not going to have power to preach on the street. You're not going to have soul-winning wisdom. No matter how smart, amen, or, you know, clever you think you may be, or how much you've memorized, you're not gonna have any influence on people if you're not praying about it. Amen. If you're not asking God and seeking God, amen, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. So these things are absolutely imperative. Amen. That we would glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Ian Bounds said the praying which influences God is declared to be that of a fervent, effectual outpouring of a righteous man. That is to say it is prayer on fire, having no feeble flickering flame no momentary flash but shining with a vigorous and steady glow notice this as well it was the widow's knowledge of the law that gave her the strength and confidence to be persistent in other words she knew she had been wronged according to the law and she's bringing it to the judge and so it is with us. The strength of persistence prayer is found in the knowledge and the belief Communicated in God's will according to his word. Amen. The more you read and meditate on the word of God, the more you're going to have to pray. Amen. The more you feed yourself the word of God and listen to the word of God and meditate upon the word of God. That's going to be fuel for that prayer fire. Second Corinthians one and twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. Under the glory of God by us. Amen. He's glorified when God, by His grace, amen, fulfills those promises in us. Amen. What battle amen do you face here today or weary pilgrim? Take up arms that are suitable for the nature of the conflict. Take courage by behind the shield of faith and well with confidence the sword of the Spirit. As we read amen, what the psalmist declared the Lord also will be a refuge huge for the oppressed a refuge in times of trouble we must see in times of need amen we must run to the word of god we must bow at the altar we must consistently seek to know him and to walk with him you know uh joshua was asking me the other day what the difference is about he was asking about praying through so, what what difference does that make? How, how do you know that you prayed through? And he was just sincerely asking me, and I said, "You know, uh, I use Sister, uh, sister Tiffany Harrod's uh, because I, we know Tiffany Harrods knows me, even when she's not really close to me." And uh, I said, "You know, she 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 has some knowledge of me, but if you were with her one day and you heard her say that your brother Britt hates ice cream." You would know, amen, that's a lie. Because you're very familiar with me, and you know I love ice cream. And you see, listen to me, there's lots of Christians, you see they know God, but they haven't prayed through. And, and you can think, listen to me, that there's lots of things, knowing the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, being with Him, and knowing you have been with Him. Amen. Listen, God can do so much more than than what another person, you know, how do you know you're in a right spirit? You find people and they just flow in a wrong spirit. They can't seem to see it. They haven't been with Jesus recently. You get with him. You won't even have to ask. You'll know what spirit's right and what spirit's wrong. You can say a thing, do a thing, think a thing, and go into the presence of God and know immediately, I'm totally wrong. You may have argued with people for years. You get into his presence. He'll adjust all that as soon as you see him. That is if you really want to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you really want to be like Jesus. See, it's those subtle things. People could know there You know, listen to me. As a Christian, I, I've known Jesus more and more through the years. There, there are different stages in my life that, yes, of course, I was born again. And I did know God. But I didn't know Jesus like I would know him. And it utterly changed my Christianity. That's what praying through will do for you. And what praying through, that's not a one-time thing. That's an ongoing. It's an attitude, amen, of heart. It is a setting of a spiritual tone to go deeper and further, amen. Persistent prayer refuses to be denied. Yet because this widow troubleth me, said the judge, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So in this parable, Jesus teaches that persistence is the key to answered prayer. It's not eloquence. Somebody said, thank God. I don't have to be eloquent. I really could be at a loss for words. She didn't have much to say, but she knew what to say. She was specific. It was persistence. I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to come again and again. I'm going to believe. Amen. This, I am putting before the judge his word. Amen. And I am going to petition until I receive an answer. It wasn't this woman's sad estate. It wasn't her widowhood. It wasn't uh, perhaps a perceived weakness that counted before the unjust judge. No, no. It was her persistence. That was everything. Because this widow troubleth me. Amen. He told us, listen to what the unjust judge said. That's what Jesus, the emphasis teaching it. Persistence continue to go. Amen. I will Avenge her. I'm going to answer her lest she weary me. Solely because the widow imposed upon the time and the attention of the unjust judge, her case was won. And God is not going to answer our prayers just because we present ourselves pitiful. That was one thing that uh, Brother Clinton used to always say. And I you see, particularly with sickness, but sickness is a very difficult thing because it attacks us physically and then we don't feel like it. Amen? I mean, we really don't feel like it. It's not just that we have a lack of feelings. we got a lot of bad feelings. Amen? Contrary to rising up, to being diligent, etc. and so forth. And you see people all the time, they just look pitiful and they think that God is... You no, know, God, He told us to believe. When we look through the examples in the Scriptures and the Gospels, they're tearing the roof off the house to lower their friend down. Amen. That's what God, amen, he looks at that heart to see if you believe it or not. And if you believe it, you're going to press in. You're going to refuse to be denied. Amen. He's not going to answer our prayer just because we look pitiful. We've got to exercise faith. In this parable, Jesus sets forth, and, and listen to me, that's where a lot of people get bitter in church. My marriage is falling apart. My, my children were on their way to hell. You know, I had this uh, a sin problem. I couldn't, I tried and tried and tried. to keep going to church. I couldn't get over. Why didn't God intervene? Because you didn't believe Him. That's why. Right. That's right. Because you didn't believe Him. Because if you'd have believed Him and the promises in the Bible, then it would have happened. But then people get better. God didn't know it for me. You should have prayed. You should have believed. You should have fought. You should have played by the rules of the game, so to speak. Amen. God didn't, He didn't fool you. He didn't draw you into this, talk you into this. Amen. All the words of the covenant are right here. He told you it was going to be a war. He told you there was going to be an enemy. He told you you would have to walk through the valley of death. But He said, I'm going to be with you even unto the end of the world. Amen. He said every promise is yea and amen. He he said, call on me and I will answer. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't tell you, you can just sit in a church and call yourself a Christian and passively sit there while the devil cuts your throat and you don't lift a hand in the spirit to fight. And that's what fighting is in the spirit. You see these people, they're going to a Jericho march. and tear the kingdom down. You go to look at the, climb their car and light up Marlboro. That ain't fightin'. fighting. Fighting. It's according to this word. You're going to have to, why don't you fast about it? Why don't you set aside some time to pray about it? Seriously. Why don't you press in? And instead of looking at the reason I'm facing this is because of her. The reason I've got to go through this is because of him. If my church, Instead of blaming amen, all your problems on somebody else, why don't you go and seek God? Amen? Why don't you fight according to the Word of God? And if you'll put to practice the Word of God, then God will move on your behalf. Amen? You need to have a spirit I will not be denied. I'm going to pray through until I receive an answer. Amen. Jesus sets forth the serious difficulties even in this parable would stand in the way of prayer. Yet at the same time he teaches that persistence conquers every obstacle and quenches every spiritual hindrance. Moreover he teaches that an answer to prayer is conditional upon the amount of faith that goes into the petition. To test this Amen, he'll often delay the answer. And the superficial petitioner will subside into silence. A wise preacher once said this, How glibly we talk of praying without ceasing. Yet we're quite apt to quit if our prayer remain unanswered but one week or one month. We assume that by a stroke of his arm or an action of his will, God will give us what we ask. It never seems to dawn on us that he is the master of nature as of grace and that sometimes he chooses one way and sometimes another in which to do his work. It takes years sometimes to answer a prayer. And when it's answered and we look backward, we can see that it did. But God knows all the time. And it is His will that we pray and pray and still pray and so come to know indeed and of a truth what it is to pray without ceasing. Amen. That man of prayer that truly believes, He hangs on and on and on and on. The Lord recognizes and honors such faith. He gives to such believers rich And abundant answers to his faith, evidencing prevailing prayer in his time and his way. If you're believing God, amen, if you're believing him according to his word, and the answer is delayed, then you need to be encouraged to continue on. Amen. To stand fast, not to be discouraged, not to be moved, but to hold on. Amen. I was talking to Brother Brian the other day, and he was asking, you know, just about his wife, and uh, you know, he's been here for many years. His wife uh, left him, or what have you, and and uh, we both talked about it, and uh, we we knew this. We don't know exactly what's happening. He haven't hasn't spoken to her in uh, in years. Amen. And uh, but we know this. It's the will of God for him to be. Reckoned reconciled to that woman. So because he's praying for her, God is dealing with her. Amen. That's an absolute. He is convicting her of sin. He's not going to make her repent. He's not going to make her reconcile, but he will fulfill his word, and he's going to deal with her. We can rest in that. And in that knowledge, we can continue to hold on and to pray on. Trust in him at all times. It says in Psalm 62 in eight. age. people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Would you stand here this morning? May we be challenged to pray. And to pray on, to stand, to believe. Amen. To pray and to persistently and faithfully pray at all times. You know that mountain in your life here this morning, I want you to pray about that. I want you to come in these altars. And I want you to ask God to give you strength. If you haven't already done so, I'm going to pick up the sword of the spirit. And I'm going to be a soldier, amen, in this kingdom. And I'm going to fight the battle. I'm not going to sit back and wait. Amen. Wait meaning in a, in a, in a carnal or humanistic way. But I'm going to rise up. I'm going to wait on the Lord by doing what he called me to do.